welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide you meaningful support to find great careers faster, whether you are working or not. Today's episode is brought to you by the Anatomy of a Networking Conversation ebook. It's a free resource to you. You can download that at jobseekersradio.com. So in today's show, we want to talk about expectations in a job search. The preface to this, it's part of a customer service training that I, I did many years ago, and I still use this actually, is the idea that the definition between delighting someone or disappointing them is simply defined as the gap between what is expected and what is delivered. We think a lot about those times in our job search when that we are disappointed in something, whether it's disappointed in ourselves for not performing in a certain way, whether it's disappointed in the person who interviewed us for not asking the kinds of questions that we were expecting, not necessarily reacting to our responses the way we were expecting. The problem is not in the behaviors, whether our own or the other person's. It really is about what it was our expectation going in. And the second question of that is, were those expectations realistic? So that's what we want to talk about in today's conversation. It's really us wrestling with this idea of expectation, frustration, disappointment, the different emotions that you're going to feel either in work or in your career or in a job search. There's always, I hate to say it, but there's always going to be somebody who doesn't live up to your expectation. I found this when I first got into real estate and I had a list of all these people that I would call my good friends that said, oh, well, I'm sorry, we can't transact real estate with you. My uncle is a realtor or my cousin, or my fifth wife from a previous marriage or something, you know, or whatever <laughs> that looks like. That's interesting. I mean, but, but you know what but I yeah, mean? It's yes. like, hang on a second here. I had this expectation because we have trust that you're going to help me well, or, or allow me to help you. And you think I mean. about that in the employment situation. How many of us have gotten into working at a job where we thought we were coming into one kind of environment and it turned out it was very different? It's important to recognize if someone has told me that we behave in a certain way here and in fact we don't, that's not on me. What I do with the new information is on me, and I can set some expectations based on reality rather than what I was hoping for, being told that those are the things I should be hoping for. There's there's responsibility on the other side of that. What I do with the information is ultimately completely within my control. So that's what we want to uh, promote here, is to create some reasonable expectations and not have them set so high that people are naturally going to come in underneath, that they're going to let us down in some fashion. If someone tells me that we have a culture at this organization that is employee-centric and it's all about the employee experience, I think that's going to be great. But knowing human nature, my expectation is going to be a lot lower. Not so much to tell them how they are having problems with living their expectations as much as it is, where do I really fit? Because that is going to set me up for success. Today's conversation really is going to be narrowed, focused on networking. What we mean by expectations as relates to networking with people, which is something we really advocate as an effective search method. And all of the research supports that, at least the ones that I've read. And so really we're talking here about what is the expectation I'm really wanting to get from my network? 
networking. And is that accurate? And there's many different components in networking that we can talk about. The first one is the outcome. What is the appropriate outcome that we can expect from networking. If we think about the outcome, that also is going to alleviate some of the fear that we have going into networking conversations, whether that's an interview, an informational interview, or just a basic networking conversation. If we can look at what are the outcomes we want, we have something to focus on. We're going to be less afraid of having the conversation if we know what we want out of it. And you might have more than one expectation. Sure. That actually offers you an opportunity to get some of your expectations sure. met, which Great will point. lower your fear and your apprehension right. and actually have you walking away from networking a little more positive on what it means. We often come into these networking conversations with an expectation that the other people involved are also as open to it as we are. And sometimes that doesn't happen. What do we do with that? Well, first of all, the question that I ask first is, were my expectations appropriate? Were the outcomes that I had hoped for realistic in that situation. It may be a situation that I wouldn't know ahead of time. I still can learn from it. Okay, so I went to this networking group and I'm just using this as an example. It was an association of people that do the kind of work that I do. I went to the networking opportunity that they offered and I did not get out of it what I was hoping for. Why not? What was it that was a barrier? Was I coming in with unrealistic expectations or did I maybe make a misstep? as I started, whatever that is. I'm not gonna judge it, I'm just gonna try to figure it out. Do the post-mortem, if you will. Because that's what you control. You don't control that group or the other people or their reality or even their perception exactly. of reality. Yeah. What I control is me. And if I can look inward and say, okay, I'm gonna take responsibility that maybe part of the reason I didn't get my expectations met is because it was some way I was looking at it. Case in point, I just had a, a, an experience recently of talking with a, a fairly high level professional. She is a VP within her organization. And I was hoping to build a relationship with her, uh, not personal, all professional, but the idea was I want to uh, network further into her part of her organization. And so I was having this conversation and she had promised to get back to me a week later and she didn't. It was a week after that that she finally did and she gave me some critical feedback that did not feel good. She first of all, expressed how highly she thought of me in the ways that we had worked together in the past and wanted to maintain that relationship. So as she's setting this up, I'm realizing there's something negative coming. And eventually she told me that I had basically overshared some information with her that she didn't think was appropriate for that conversation. And she wanted me to know, not because she thought I was a bad person, quite the contrary. She wanted me to know what had put her off. So I had to set aside the the embarrassment that came from that and set aside my self-judgment enough to recognize that she meant well. She actually cared enough to give me that feedback even though it did not feel good. The other thing that happened was afterwards. After I'm processing, doing that post-mortem, were my expectations realistic? Did I do the right thing? And what I came up with was, no, I didn't do the right thing with her, but that wasn't because of her. That was because I misjudged the information she was looking for. I didn't validate it before I gave it to her. I have now had a learning experience from this. I won't be as free to talk with her because I'm not going to make the same assumptions about her that I did before. And I made those assumptions based on a mutual friend, someone who had set me up for the conversation in the first place. And I based the expectation on what 
kind of conversation I would have had with my friend, not with the networking contact. Here's an opportunity for us to think ahead about what is the appropriate expectation for this specific opportunity. And being an open person as I am, I share freely, how do I dial that back to stay within the confines of their expectations? And that would have led me to some questions about how candid can I be? How great is it though to have that learning experience have somebody actually share it with you. Many people would just look at that and not say anything. Right. And, and you just go on you. doing the same thing. Yep. And you want, you're wondering why. Yeah. Why? Why? And so really, the, the thing that we're talking about here is, are you okay with that? Are you okay with not having your expectations met? Because some people can't cope with that kind of feedback or the silence. One of those are going to drive them absolutely crazy. True. True. It takes practice. Don't get me wrong. It did not feel good. My initial reaction was one of being put off, but I had to accept the fact once I realized, no, she's really trying to give me feedback because it will help me. I had to set aside those feelings of remorse or embarrassment or whatever in order to get the lesson out of it. That is a skill that is practiced. I don't know anyone who does that naturally. And I was coaching a client recently where um, she went into a, an interaction. She had a set of beliefs about what networking should be, and they weren't mirrored by the person she was meeting with because I had set her up for such success with these best practices that she was disappointed that this yep. other person didn't get it. And that's where, you know, make sure that you understand what your definition of networking might be is different than what the other person might think that it is. And if you have enough time to ask these kinds of questions, you can actually ask the other person what their expectations are. Especially if you're the one requesting a networking conversation with someone. And so you meet and they say, so what do you want out of this conversation? It is totally okay to turn that question back around after you answered, of course. Then you ask them, so what, it, what are you looking to get out of this conversation? This also sets you up for that mutual benefit situation that we were talking about in a prior podcast. If you have that mindset of mutual benefit, by asking them, what do you want out of this networking conversation, you are now going to establish what those differences are so that the expectations are now shared. What we're learning here is that learning might be one of the expectations you should have Love it. from networking, not only to learn from that person, but to learn about yourself Absolutely. and how to be better at this craft. The other part of that is the other person may have the right intentions, but they may not be as skilled as you are at executing them. So we also have to be patient in the process for the other person, even if they're in a position where you'd think that they should know this. Not everybody does. Reciprocation is often one of the expectations that people are looking for. That, hey, if, if I give you something, I'm expecting something back, right? A give and a take. And sometimes that isn't mirrored. And if your expectation is you're going to get something out of it and it doesn't happen? If I come into a networking conversation with the idea that I am going to give, not necessarily I'm going to receive, but I'm going to give, that's going to be my effort here, then I am not disappointed if I don't receive something. Not everyone has the same ability 
to reciprocate. They, they probably will try. What they will do is mirror to some degree as you're reading what is happening in the moment. If you're good at that, if you're not, this is something you'll want to practice in your, your networking conversations. If you're seeing what they're mirroring, you can actually lean into that to gain greater trust and then maybe find that mutual benefit along the way. Really, the best way for me to get to that reciprocation moment is to make sure that I'm talking about us. We are looking at this conversation together. If I'm talking only about me, what I expect, what I want from you, or what can I do for you, it changes when we shift the conversation to what can we do together. Now we find out what those mutual expectations are in a different way. It's important to remember also that this is not a zero-sum game, meaning that not every conversation is going to go as you planned. Not every person is going to reciprocate. Not every person is going to be free to give you information. Part of this process of networking is establishing a pool of people that can actually offer you something and you can reciprocate. And so there's um, a symbiotic relationship, if you will. When we think about what we hope to get out of something, if we don't get it, there is still something that we can learn. I've never been in a situation where there was nothing to gain from having had the conversation. Sometimes it's only the idea that I know that this is a, a path that is not going to bear fruit in the short term, and I might want to put off my next conversation with that person. That doesn't happen often. That's the worst case scenario. Never, unless they are truly the type of person who is just very difficult, uh, and I don't want to get to know them any further. Uh, usually it's, okay, this isn't going to be where I put my time and energy in today, but maybe in a couple of months I can circle back and see if there isn't some fertile ground there somewhere. Instead, offering up my time to network with other people. When you go in with the expectation of giving as opposed to getting, you're much more likely to then get what you're expecting. And so this has been a positive experience for you and for them and can lead to another conversation. Brings me full circle back to real estate. I had a group of people that I thought were my good friends of trust and I expected them to do business with me. All that meant for me was they wanted to be friends. Yes, they just didn't want to do business with me. And, and yes, that was hard feedback to get. But what that meant for me in my business is I wasn't going to invest time marketing, selling, interacting with them as a potential client in order to get business. They actually did me a favor. Because now you can spend the time and energy to make them into better friends. Or I can go spend my business time with clients that will actually do business with me. Right. So I, I would have said and. Yeah. <laughs> and spend the time. Because well, the thing is, that's a really important distinction to make. My social time is going to be different from my professional time. If I'm investing my social time into building those friendships, I never know what kind of professional leads may come from that later. But I'm going to put the effort in where it belongs. If instead I keep pushing these potential friends to bring business, I'm actually not doing anybody any favors. They've already given me the feedback I needed to address them in the way that's actually meaningful to them, freeing me up to do the other efforts with people who are actually going to bring the business. So when we think about the networking conversations, it's the same. And we're always adding people, taking people away, you know, maybe not taking away, but investing. Allowing them, right, yes. Unless, allowing them to go, and that's fine. Sure. It's all about timing. Sometimes the timing isn't right, or there's life change. There's a lot of 
variables when you're talking about human beings. Yes. It's just normal. Just the other day I was talking about, well, actually, I think it was this morning, I was talking to some people about the idea of seeing on social media comments by friends that I'd really spent a lot of time and energy trying to build those relationships and never got anything. And we're talking over a period of years because I tend to be persistent. And I, I just never get the effort back. And what, what changed in the moment was moving from being disappointed to realizing that I am surrounded, albeit by a small circle, but surrounded by family and friends who actually do care, who do reciprocate, who do make the effort. Why, to your point, would I continue to make efforts where they don't pay off? It's easier to let those go and to be in the place where they belong in terms of my relationships. And instead, as I think about my networking, what am I doing that actually brings me good feelings? What is it what groups do I go to? What meetings do I attend? What conversations do I have that bring me more of those? That's where I want to focus my time and energy. So instead of worrying about the things that don't work, to your point, letting them subtract themselves, I'm going to build up those conversations that actually work. And now I feel good about networking. My expectations have been reset. I've got a more realistic idea of how I can move forward. I feel better about doing so. Suddenly, I'm in that virtuous circle that helps me move forward. Many times, it's conversations leading to more conversations or conversations leading to application resume hire process right. or conversations lead nowhere. There's always an outcome to every conversation, and it just may not be what you think it is, the key is keep having the conversations. Right. Keep interacting with people. It will happen. Now we get to an idea of, well, I'm an introvert, or I prefer to connect very slowly with people. That's just my style. Totally appreciate that. You're going to be working at a different pace. At no point am I going to suggest that you need to do this at the pace that I do because I connect very quickly with people. And I may not be totally extroverted, but I am certainly more extroverted than a lot of people I know. In spite of the fact that I still need that downtime, I'm more comfortable doing that. Don't judge your pace against mine. Take the pace that makes sense for you and create realistic expectations associated with it. That way you're not disappointed either. And if you need to move or feel the need to move at a pace that is faster than you would prefer, or to have these conversations when you're really not a conversationalist by nature, maybe you employ the help of somebody else to help facilitate the conversation. You go as a pair to a networking group meeting or whatever this looks like so that you have support, so you don't have to be the only one having the conversation. Find ways to make it work for you. Set those outcomes, those expectations based on realistic efforts. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. Your investment of time and attention is greatly appreciated. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe to get future episodes. While you're there, please provide us a rate and review. That really is going to push this labor of love for both of us um, up into the ranks so that more people can see it. We also appreciate when you ask questions, uh, whether it's about 
this episode or any others, or maybe some something you're dealing with in your job search. We love answering these questions. We do specific podcasts for questions and answers. We'd love to include your questions in that. At the moment, we do want you to go to jobseekersradio.com forward slash 072. You'll get the show notes, but also that's where you're going to find the Anatomy of a Networking Conversation ebook. And scroll down to the bottom of that same page and leave a comment or a question there. Every page on our podcast has space for you to provide comments and feedback. Right. We really want to hear from you. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. And in the words of Michael Jordan, if you accept the expectations of others, especially negative ones, then you will never change the outcome. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.